0: Five, five about eight people on the way to your seat tell them God's in control tonight come on tell them God's in control tonight whoa he's in control that's why I've got a testimony tonight that there's no reason to fear come on somebody that's why I've got no reason to fear uh, because God is in control Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be seated for a few moments tonight. What an incredible presence of the Lord is at work in this house. I want to take just a moment to again tonight welcome all of our guests that are here with us. I see a handful of guests in the house of the Lord. Rock Church, come on, help me make some noise and welcome all of our guests that are here. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. To all those who are streaming online with us tonight, we're glad you were able to tune in to what god is doing right here at the rock church of fort myers the city of palms on the banks of the caloosahatchee river come on anybody excited to be in the building tonight was anybody blessed this morning by the ministry of bishop wilson in this place come on were you blessed by the ministry of bishop wilson this morning what a powerful touch of God. The building was, was full this morning. And uh, Bishop Wilson preached as only he can. And when he finished and the Holy Ghost finished, uh, Daniel and Cindy were both baptized in Jesus' name. Daniel received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a praise for that. And then Tay was baptized in Jesus' name, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to give God a praise. And then Onye was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, we ought to get as excited as the angels do in heaven tonight about that. and then cheyenne was baptized in jesus name uh, and filled with the holy ghost this morning come on somebody Uh, we ought to give god a great big praise in this house amen and uh we're so grateful i want to say how wonderful it is uh, to have sister mandy's parents with us her mom and Dad, so good to have them in the house of the Lord. They're no strangers to this house, but we are glad to see them uh, with us tonight. And um, then I'd like you to help me welcome a a brand new family to this church, Brother Britt and Sister Ashley Liggins. Amen. All the way from North Carolina. Amen. we, We ought to just blow their minds this evening with a great big welcome. God has been ordering their steps, and um, they connected to us uh, online initially. And they have been—they have been, in, in their words, this morning—they've been stalking us for about four months. And uh, so they were anxious to get here, and God has just orchestrated uh, the events of their life, and they are now here, and uh, they are here at home in a brand, their brand new church with their brand new rock church family and we want to welcome them and uh, they've got two awesome sons brother brother Cale and uh, brother Clint and uh, amen we ought to give these great young men a hand and uh, ladies Cale is only 10 he's not ready for marriage yet he's only 10 but he did he did tell me he can beat up his younger brother, Cale. He said he could take him. And uh, when I, met, I asked Cale about that in the VIP room, and he shook his head no this morning. He said, no, that ain't true. <laughs> but we're so excited to have them in Fort Myers. Welcome home. And uh, I don't know about you, but I came with great expectation in my spirit tonight for what the Lord is going to do in this house, amen. It is so wonderful to have uh, the Parkers with us tonight in the Calvary Apostolic Church of Bradenton. Would you help me give God a great praise for what he's doing in Bradenton, Florida? Such great revival breaking out in Bradenton, Florida and we, we are so Holy Ghost proud of the Parker family and uh, the Parkers and all the children, all their children and everybody that are laboring uh, so diligently in the Lord's field and God is rewarding them with tremendous breakthrough and revival. Brother Parker, I want you to just come and greet everybody. We love you and your family very, very much. Would you help me put your hands together
1: one more time for the Parker family? Good to be in the Rock Church tonight. <clears throat> in 14 months, <clears throat> this is the first time that I have not had service at my church for anything. I text my bishop today. See this elder tonight that's ministering. 2016, I was privileged to go to Elk Grove, California, to No Limits, and they invited the ministry into his home. I walked into his home and I looked at him, I said, you messed my life up. He just kind of looked at me and I said, Hope Core messed my life. I said, I was comfortable. Oh, I was, I had everything going. I was complacent. I lived for God. I, 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 I didn't, I went to work. I paid my tithes. I was at everything the church did. But you know what? When God puts a burden and a calling, See, it was in Hope Corps that I began to pray, not my will, but thy will. Not my, de- see, see, my desires, I, I enjoy working. I enjoy doing business. I enjoy going out and selling jobs because I'm good at it. I can talk them into buying Eskimo or, or icicles in the Eskimo land. I'm I, I'm good. When that calling and that election began to recenter the center of my universe. I began to have to sacrifice and put down some things and had to sell some toys and had to move out of comfortable and complacent situations. But you know what? I stand before you tonight some 14 months ago walking into a city that I didn't know walking into a position that I had never been in. But in the last 14 months, I have come to know my God better. In the last 14 months, praying not my will, but thy will, I have seen the miraculous hand of God work in my life and my family's life. Yeah, there's some rough spots this hell do probably tell us about some real rough spots in 60 years of ministry or whatever it is the kingdom of God has to be our main focus I taught this morning it's temporary the things of this life and what we acquire it will pass away the homes on the hills or on the bay the nice cars they'll fade and pass away but you know what those that i went to god that make it through him he- make it to heaven they're going to worship with me around the throne <laughs> not my will Thy will be done in my life not my desires but what you want of me god let me tell you something if you're going to pray it you better be serious. You better be ready for the journey. But God walks with us every step of the way. In the moments of despair and heartache and pain is when He steps in and says, I've got you. I've got your back. I just wanted you to know you wasn't doing it by yourself. I just wanted you to know that you can't handle it on your own. I thank God for the Rock Church. Thank God for my pastor, Bishop Randy Williams, leadership, love. Hey, let me tell you something. A phone call in the middle of a hard week means a lot. Coming up this past this week, this past week, me and my wife drove over 2,000 miles. Her mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and we've been there for the last two weeks. I flew home last weekend for service, then drove back on Monday morning, a thousand miles it's rough been a long week coming home friday or saturday takes two days my bishop called me he said i just want to check on you you know what bishop wilson when i hung up the phone i was encouraged thank you bishop i love you god bless you rock church
0: I think we ought to stand to our feet and give God a great praise tonight for everything he's doing in this house. Come on, we we'll just throw those hands up in the air right now. And while your hands are lifted, would you lift up your voice in this place? Come on, somebody ought to just shout with the voice of triumph in this house. Whoa! You know, the Bible says that he always causes us to triumph. I like the way that's worded, to cause some. It's, it's one thing to just triumph, but for God to cause us to triumph means that God put his hand on the situation. And no matter what's going on, God said, I'm going to cause it to end in victory tonight. I wonder if there's anybody in the building tonight that is convinced we are more than conquerors uh, through him that loved us. Come on, if you know the fight's fixed, put your hands together one more time and give God a great praise. Whoa! That's why I'm going to keep on praising God. That's why I'm going to stay faithful to God. That's why I'm going to keep on praying because the fight is already fixed. Amen, amen. Bishop Wilson, we love you so very, very much, and uh, you are at home tonight. And uh, we, we came with our hearts ready to receive whatever the Lord has for us in this place. Our faith is high. We're ready to mix our faith with the word of the Lord in this place. We want you to come and preach the word to us tonight. Somebody shout, preach, Bishop. Give God a praise as he comes tonight. I love you. Hallelujah. Thank
2: God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Everybody glad to be in God's house tonight? Amen. There's nothing like God's house. No chore to go to God's house. Nobody said I had to be here tonight. Amen. I could be anywhere I wanted to be. I am where I want (laughs) to be. Amen. And uh, thank God for it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I know you feel the same way. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. It's an honor to be here tonight. And it's always an honor to minister the word of the Lord. Uh, The word of the Lord is bigger than we are. And so we do our best to be a channel. Uh, that God can speak to our hearts through his word and that all of us can hear the word of the Lord. Um, this morning, we uh, we talked about this church. If you're a guest here tonight and you were not here this morning or you have not been regular here, I want to explain to you that This church is one of a growing string of churches across America. Those who are part of this revelatory apostolic revival understanding in almost every state that one of these churches is located in, it is either the largest or the fastest growing, or one of the strongest in terms of the people and um, always strengths are defined by. Um, None of these churches are old. These are churches where men have revelation and and we're one of them here. Amen. We're one of them here. And we thank God for what he's doing. Uh, What I'm doing is trying to find the mind of God and preach and teach this particularly Sunday. I find it ironic that it is only the second Sunday of the year and that we are talking about the year of the open door. Can you say amen? And that we are setting, if you don't know it, on a powder keg of revival, amen. And uh, in this church, if you're not aware of it, people are receiving the get the Holy Ghost every week and uh, virtually every service, amen, which is the pattern of those who have a revelation of how God works. So let me just say, without denigrating anybody anywhere, but we need to say it, uh, all apostolic churches that have the name in them somewhere are not equal. And increasingly in the day that we're living in, particularly if you value your marriage and even more particularly if you have children, it is important for them to be in a vibrant, revelatory, apostolic church. It's very important. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm I'm raised in Pentecost. I'm an old man, and uh, when I got the Holy Ghost, my mom and dad were apostolic, and when. I got the Holy Ghost. My grandma and grandpa on both sides of the family were apostolic. And when I got the Holy Ghost, my great grandpa was apostolic. Um, So you can see this goes back a long ways. My my grandma was at um, Azusa Street in 1907 and came back home and people said, what was it like They went to the first Christian church at the time. She said, well, our pastor's a good man here in our town, but our church does not have what those people have. And she said, I I want that. From 1907 till 1916, she prayed that God would send those people to the center of California, Azusa streets in Southern California. And in 1916, on a Sunday morning, at 4 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Ghost woke her up. She did not have the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost woke her up and said, they are here. And she said, who is here? And the Lord spoke to them and said, the people that you've been praying for are here. They were farmers. They lived out in the country. She woke up my grandpa and said, Cal, can we go into town today? It was on a Sunday morning. And he said, yes, she had a sister that lived in town and they lived out in the country. And he went out and hooked up the wagon and the horses. My whole, my father's whole family, mother and father and all the kids, including my dad got in the wagon and they, rode the wagon into town. When they got into town, they went to my great aunt's house, whom I never met. And they asked her, what's going on in town? And they said, well, there's two revivals going on in town. One of them's really a good one, and the other one's a bunch of crazy people. And my grandmother said, I want to go down there where you call them crazy people. And uh, so that night, when it was time for church, on Sunday night, they drove, got in the wagon and started down there, it was still twilight. And on the way, my grandmother prayed, my old aunt told me this, my dad told me this, my other aunt told me this, so it's well validated. My grandmother prayed and said, God, if this is the people, let them be singing. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. My dad said about a mile away from where the service was being held in a tent on Ben Maddox Way, said you could hear the people singing, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll. And she said, that's my sign. They went. They got the Holy Ghost. Hundreds of people got the Holy Ghost. That started it. Now, I told you all that so that if you have money, somebody, somebody say, well, you heard bro Wilson preach, you know, he, you know, you. you he, what kind of credibility does he have to talk about what he's having? Well, you can't get back much further than that and be alive in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I cut my teeth on the back of an apostolic Pentecostal church bench and, and uh, here we are tonight young and happy, praise God, with all of you young people, amen, so happy to be here with Pastor and Sister Williams and all of the other Williams, the little Williams, which is two, which are not little anymore, Isaac and Judah, and Can't that boy play that drum? My Lord God, have mercy. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And um, we thank God for this church. I love you. I'm glad to be here. If you don't know it, uh, I want to tell you that uh, we believe this church is on a particular journey. We're not just a random apostolic church here. Amen. Amen. Amen, and uh, and we believe that this church is going to be a prominent and dominant center of apostolic victory and the good news of Jesus Christ in the state of Florida. Amen. Its influence has already moved beyond that, but it's going to be much increased, and. All of this is going to take place as the church continues to grow. When I say that, I've got validation. Four people got baptized this morning and we didn't even preach about baptism. Three people got the Holy Ghost and we didn't even preach about getting the Holy Ghost. Amen. And these are new people, a man and his wife and another um, young lady and I don't know who all. But anyway, thank God for what he is doing. This church, don't discount it. You that, are, you that are members of this church, I want to say that what I'm going to preach tonight, and you say, oh, "Brother, listen, quit talking, quit, get to preaching so you won't take so long. Well, I'll be, I'll be gone in the morning. You, you, you don't have to worry. This ain't going to be very long. And, uh, and I'll be done preaching here before my plane leaves tomorrow. And uh, you say, well, I'm going to get tired. Well, that boy got tired when Paul was preaching and fell out of the window and killed himself. So just, all I can say, just be careful. Amen. Amen. But as a church grows, there's the, for it to become what we're talking about, it's one thing for us to jump up and down about it and rejoice, which is an important thing to do because that manifests our faith. But it's another thing to know the steps to take to get there and to walk in them because every bit of growth that we have numerically and in terms of broadcasting the gospel outside of our own doors has to commensurately be matched by internal growth within each of us of revelation and understanding and how God works, how God works. So I want to talk to you tonight a little while about these things to continue to move forward um, uh, and to move to a bigger playing field. Uh, The stakes are higher, the possibilities are greater and a church has to have that foundational growing before it can even begin to cut a wide and far reaching swath And I certainly don't say this with any sense of ego because I'm embarrassed, humiliated, and frustrated that we have not gone further than we have in Sacramento. But I would say that what I'm talking about, I know that it works because it has been through the crucible, the laboratory where it has been proven by a Holy Ghost scientific method. And uh, let me just start, ding, the bell just rang. I am now preaching. Uh, Let me just start by saying it was a number of years ago we had been preaching on Harvest Time, which at that time, this is 40 years ago, um, Harvest Time was the radio voice of the United Pentecostal Church, and at that time it had enough radio stations around the world of all kinds that when you preached on uh, every week, uh, if everybody in the world that had access to you would turn the radio on, you could reach one-third of the world's population uh, every single week. Many interesting things happened while well, I was the, the speaker for Harvest Time and the director of that division. And, uh, and God blessed in many ways. There were mail records that were broken and a lot of good things happened. But in my heart and soul, I felt God calling me to, um, uh, to go. And I felt like God called me to Sacramento which had apostolic churches, but they were all, uh, almost all of them were uh, very small and were struggling. And uh, there was a spiritual stronghold in the state capital of California, which Sacramento is. Um, and and California, as you know, is a unique place um, in which people uh, talk about how hard it is. And so, We went there and I was praying in my father's, uh, yes, I will read a text after a while. Uh, I was praying in my father's den in a little kind of a living room, off the living room one afternoon and nobody was there but me and uh, he didn't live in Sacramento. And this is, I was just there beginning to take that church of nine people and uh, while praying there by myself that afternoon I'd been praying for quite some time and while I was seeking the face of God suddenly uh, the Spirit of the Lord moved in there and very abruptly God just posed a question and he said what do you want and I sensed that it was important to answer that question right and in fact the Spirit prompted me and said, this is an open window that is not open very long. So you must speak clearly and quickly what you want. And so I said, God, I, 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 and just a little bit nonplussed by it all. I said, God, I want revival. And the Spirit prompted me and said, and brought to my mind the King of who the prophet said, what do you want? And he said, I want victory. And he said, strike the ground with the arrows. And the king struck the ground three times and the prophet chided him and said, you should have struck the ground numerous times because you're gonna get a victory for every time you struck it. And so you're going to get three victories. And the spirit spoke to me explicitly and said, "Strike strike the ground, strike the ground, strike the ground, strike the ground, strike the ground. So I said, God, I want hundreds to get the Holy Ghost. God, I want thousands of people to come to the church. God, I want, it. I want to see it spread to revival around the world. I want it to break beyond what I can even ask or think. I want it, I want it to happen. I want it to happen. And uh, while I was praying that, when I got through, the, the Spirit of the Lord said, I will, uh, God said, I will give all of that to you. Now, I know there's people who don't think God speaks to them. They pray, but they don't think, "Oh, well, why do you pray if you don't think God speaks to you?" What's this praying business all about? And so, God said, "I will give that to you, but you must never leave. You can go do whatever you got to do, preaching around the world, but you must, you must stay here." And um, so, I have. I'm still live there, and. A lot of things have happened. It has so happened that uh, that I can think of there has not been that take place in any other place I know in America Uh, but it wasn't easy. It was a there was there was darkness in Sacramento. There was those strongholds I spoke about this morning and There was a particular stronghold against building, against progress, against those decisions where this church is not far from right now, of having to contemplate, not to make the decision, but to contemplate where we are going to go from here and and how we are going to get there. Amen. We don't want to wait until the last minute and we're standing there and we haven't we haven't counted the cost and we haven't we haven't put our stuff together and so one of the things that god is doing today is talking to us here at the rock church in fort myers he's talking to us about the contemplation of where he wants to take us and and it's january it's time for us to stop and and, and think of these things and talk about these things and so um, the 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 challenges were were great there and I was aware the spirit just helped me I was aware that to do what needed to be done we were going to have to take great risks great risks and uh, risks that to other people would look foolish we were going to have to plot and plan and get in the spirit and figure out where the city was going because we didn't have any money we didn't have any backing uh, to speak of, and we, we was going, I, I, in my mind, I thought at some point, someday we're going to have to build a big church to accommodate the crowds and the ministry. And to do that, I've got to figure out where I can go now that's 20 years ahead of the city and figure out where it's going to grow to and be there when they get there to say, hi. We're glad you came. And so uh, we did that. We, we looked at all the demographics of the city. I studied them carefully. I read repeatedly where they said the city was going to grow. I got in my car and I went out there and for many hours I just drove out there uh, by myself and prayed and said, God, help me to find the place. God, help me. Holy Ghost GPS lead us. where, And there was a corner there that had 10 acres for sale way out in the country for $65,000. It was pasture, it was cows, there was nothing out there. Uh, It was farmland. And uh, some of it was land that had never even been leveled. It was still like, just like earth was 10,000 years ago. And so we bought that corner and people talked about how crazy Uh, another sign that we were crazy, and uh, that this would never be people that would drive that far to come to church. And we went there and said, here is where we're going to build a church, which is where the church is today. And of course, there are houses and people everywhere around us and the property is worth millions of dollars. You can't do that because you're smart. I mean, maybe some people can But in the kingdom of God, we need the guidance of the Holy Ghost. We need the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And God does lead and guide us. And here, just uh, uh, a little while back, we sold five of those ten acres for $4.2 million, which is part of how we got to do some of the other things that uh, we're doing in terms of building the church and and, um, and other things that are going on so how does the people get to the place that they can do that when they start with nothing and when the church's little building that was there when I went was going into foreclosure and is filthy and 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 uh, uh, and and it's hopeless and, and the, the powers at me are saying let's just sell it and get rid of it and and we're saying no 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 because uh, before that I had been as I told you at a church in the north and and we had had tremendous revival, and it it made me think there were some things I learned there that were like in a laboratory, but I didn't know them real well. And so I thought, you know, if I can go to this little place where nobody wants it, nobody has any expectations, nobody cares what I'm doing there, nobody's looking over my shoulder, and if I can go there and put on my Holy Ghost lab coat, and get in there and call that little building a little science lab, a little Holy Ghost science lab. And these things that's rattling around in my spirit that I feel like are revelatory and that will jumpstart a church and will blast it off the pad in a way that just blows my mind and everybody else's mind and and become a force in the city quickly. if, if all those things really work, and then if it's not like a mushroom, but it becomes powerful and strong with infrastructure and doesn't just grow up and disappear like many charismatic churches do. And uh, in Florida, you've seen that numerous times, but it becomes a strong and powerful institution of strong and, and, and uh, clear eyed people that are able to step forward. And it becomes uh, the multicultural center where uh, people realize the church is the place. You know, have you ever thought about the fact that in heaven there will, the Bible says, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is no flesh and blood in heaven. And do you understand that flesh is where the color part is? Do you understand that in heaven, there won't be any color part? because there's no flesh in heaven. So you ought to get over it down here and just say, look, we're all in this together. We all belong. We're all made of the same blood, and, and we're all under the blood of Jesus. Now, if you don't get that, you're going to have problems because that's where God's going. Amen. And so... Uh, Finally, we started building this church. And so how did we do that? We got it built. How do we do that? And I feel like I'm part of you. So how are we going to do this in Fort Myers? How are we going to move from the wonderful place that we are tonight? Wonderful in the sense of the building even. But, I mean, you could be out in the rain somewhere. But more wonderful in the place that we're at poised in the Holy Ghost for us to move forward. How how are we gonna make that leap? How are we gonna become the driving force that's like a giant mailed fist against the devil and that just punches him out? Amen, and walks forward in victory and in triumph. So this is what I wanna talk to you for a a few minutes tonight. I wanna read to you a text in Genesis chapter 12. And verses 1 through 3, you do not have to stand because we're going to read several passages of Scripture. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 is where uh, we want to read. And this is what I'm giving to you right now. What I'm giving to you right now is a critical revelation personally and corporately for this church, for our church, for all of us. And once you get this revelation, it becomes the ground, the foundation upon which these next supernatural steps of the church take place. This is how they take place. And so Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, reads like this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Verse 2, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the church of the earth be blessed. Everybody said amen. So here is what God gave to Abraham. When you're in the when you're in the Bible and you're trying to say, where can I find a theology of mission in the Bible? People look for a theology of mission in the Bible and usually they go to the New Testament. The theology of mission cannot be found in the New Testament. It's found here in the Old Testament, but usually they'll go to Matthew 28, 19 and it's not a theology, it's just a scripture It says, go ye into all the world. And preach and teach and so forth and baptize. Um, And it's repeated as recorded by uh, Luke in the last chapter of Luke. So, however, when you look at this, uh, in the New Testament, that's a command, but that's not a theology. How do you get a theology? When I say a theology of something, what I mean is a theology of mission is If you take everything that the Bible says about mission and you put it all in a bag, you shake it up, you study it, and then you figure out all of those scriptures together, what is the Bible really saying about mission? And so in this particular case, when we talk about a theology of mission, these three verses encapsulate the foundation for a theology of mission for your life and for God's people. And that is, That God's will, the way God is going to accomplish reaching the whole world is that he is going to bless his people, and in turn, the people are going to be blessed, which means they are enabled, and that blessing is the enablement whereby the the families of the world are blessed. The key is found in verse 3 where he says, I'm going to bless you, I'm gonna bless you. He says that at least five or six times in these three verses. And then in, in chapter, in verse three, he says, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's mission. So the way the, the, the nations of the world later, it says families here, later it says nations. Where, so the way the nations of the world and the families of the world are going to be blessed is that, uh, uh, is that Abraham is blessed. This is why in the Rock Church, this is one of the revelations we got. We seldom emphasize to the people in their giving to sacrifice. We seldom emphasize to them to sacrifice. Now, now, if you don't have that revelation, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. But, but we used to say we have to sacrifice because we didn't know any better. And we have sacrificed. And in the kingdom of God, there is sacrifice. But just stay with me for a moment. But the kingdom of God's mission does not go forward by you and I simply selling everything we got and thinking that's the end of it. Because if you sell everything you got, then you ain't got. And so if you sold everything everybody's got in this building tonight, it wouldn't be enough for us to do what we're going to have to do in the future not tonight don't don't worry about it. chill out but in the future for what we're going to have to do it wouldn't be enough and so this is where churches make the mistake they start putting pressure on the people pressure on the people we got to give more we got to have another offering i'm thinking of a church that did this years ago and they finally got their building built but the people were absolutely exhausted and they were a little bit irritated and it didn't create unity it created uh, aggravation that is just money 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 and so uh that's when you're always going by the word sacrifice the way that god said in these verses and every time i preach this i have people disagree till i get through so just disagree now but later we hope you don't disagree and so um and then some people just disagree on principle just because they're disagreeable for you would say pray through so um So God's way of doing his mission is if he wants me to do something, then he blesses me. That's the first thing you gotta get. Not what we're gonna do, not anything else, but you have to get the fact that God is a God that is a blessing God. Amen. So if you go all the way back to the beginning, I got to prove this because there are resistances and what I'm preaching to you tonight is breaking resistances to the blessing and the mission. Breaking resistances to the blessing and the mission. Now remember, we broke this in the Rock Church. We're on the other side of this, learning more new things. So you're not talking to somebody that this is just a theory. It was a theory. It was a revelation that was unproven, but it's not that anymore. It's already crossed that bridge and it won't work any better in California than it will in Florida, and it won't work any better corporately than it will individually in your life. So for a moment, if you've got problems, just listen to the preacher just just chill out for a minute and say, well, uh, okay, man, I, I mean, if he was right, that'd really be cool. And so maybe we can learn something together. And so in, when you go back in the Bible, we're in the book of Genesis when we read Genesis chapter 12, but when you, did you know that in the book of Genesis, the word "bless," some form of the word "bless," is used over 85 times, 84 or 85 times in the book of Genesis. I mean, the book of Genesis, I mean, granted, it's 50 chapters, but it's not like a big book. It's not like, you know, you. I mean, it, you know, and it, using the paper of the Bible uses probably about that thick, and and over 80 times it talks about blessing, some form of the word blessing. That alone ought to tell us because the book of Genesis is the word is where the law of first reference takes place. It's where the Genesis, Genesis genes, genetic generation, everything starts as generated out of the book of Genesis. And so when we talk about the book of Genesis, the platform for the rest of the Bible is laid for us in the book of Genesis. When you, whatever you see about that thing in the book of Genesis usually follows it all the way through the entire Bible and through the history of mankind. So when you have over 80 references of blessed or blessing or some form of the word, that tells you something without anything else, it tells you that word wouldn't be used that much if it wasn't core to the whole concept that God's trying to get across. So it starts all the way back. When you go to Genesis chapter one, uh, all the way back at the creation of man. I'm reading, I don't have time to, 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 to wait for you to get all of these, but uh, they'll put up maybe if they, if they can keep up. Genesis chapter 127 says, so God, this is in chapter one. So God created man in his own image. This is at the very creation of man, crawling off of the mud pile and consciousness coming to him for the first time. In the image of God, he made him male and female. He created them, man and woman. She's from the rib, Uh, not under his feet, not from his feet that he should trample on her, not from his head that she should run him, but from his side that together they can walk through life. Amen. And so then look at verse 28. God created them in the image of God, God created he him male and female, created he them. That's the end of verse 27. That tells you about the creation of one verse, uh, compressed description of the creation of man and woman. The very next verse, verse 28, this is how it starts. And God blessed them. Before it says God did anything, it says, and God blessed them. Now, if we're preaching tonight about that alone, We could stay there and talk about it, but I just want you to see that the very first thing that ever happened to man from God is that God blessed him. I don't care how pitiful your situation is tonight. It's still true that the very first thing that God ever did is God blessed them. Amen. And so if you're just looking at your Bible, if you go over to chapter five and verse one, it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him, male and female, created he them. And the next three words are, and blessed them. Before anything else, before clothed them, before taught them, before communed with them, blessed them. Man, I like that, amen. I'm not afraid of the devil if I've got the blessings of God. Amen. And then it, you don't have to go much further when you get to chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, and God blessed Noah. God blessed him. And you don't have to go a whole lot further until you find, I mean, there's much more there I could, I could talk about, uh, but I don't have time tonight. But I will give you this, what God told the priest to do tell Israel every day. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto Aaron and unto his son saying, on this wise ye shall bless. The priest was to bless the children of Israel. If you get this tonight, the ministry in the New Testament, which tonight happens to be me, is going to bless you with Revelation about that is so revolutionary that it will change your life if you get it and if you practice it. And he says, on this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless thee. Every day God said, you tell the people, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. If you look in the Bible, for God's face to shine upon people, meant he he gives them favor. He blesses them. He enables them. He empowers them. And he said, then they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And so all of these places are talking about the blessings of God upon them. Time doesn't permit, let me just mention it, Psalm 3 and 8. Salvation belongeth to the Lord. Thy blessing is on thy people. Acts 3, 26. The people that just received the Holy Ghost and the Bible says, God sent his, sent, Jesus sent him to bless you and to put his blessing on you. And I, I, you know there's many blessing scriptures, Ephesians chapter one and verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we bless him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we bless God, it comes out as worship and praise. The fact you've got that part of revelation is seen in your worship. That's a really important, we don't even have time to talk about all this, but, but churches don't have the revelation about worship and praise. Amen. But your pastor and his wife have the revelation about worship and praise. Amen. And so now you have the revelation. They blessed you with the revelation. And so we bless the Lord. But then the Bible says, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And then we read in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, where God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless you. In these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And then if you go to Galatians, it tells us, and this is just to show that I'm not using stuff that doesn't belong to us, that belong to Israel. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter three, verse number 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is, um, one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the blessing of Abraham has come upon Gentiles. That's all of us. That's one thing about all of us. It doesn't matter what color you are, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all Gentile. amen. And when and when Israel looked at us, they didn't care if it was red, yellow, black, or white. You're just a Gentile. Well, the blessing of Abraham has come on the Gentiles, and we got it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this this is is something that in your life, if you're still, I mean, if you're a kid or young and you're just getting started and you're working at McDonald's or whatever, that's fine. Or doing some job that's an entry-level job, that's fine. But I mean, if you're 40 years old and you've been working 25 years there and you're still making $15 an hour, I can just tell you, I mean, if you're, if you're mentally slow or something and that's all you can do, I understand that. But when you take all of those mitigating factors away, if it's just that you felt like you couldn't go any further and your daddy told you it was dumb and you bought into it, or the school teacher told you you was dumb and you bought into it, your mama should have took care of that. You know Thomas Edison used to live here. You've been by his house. You've seen his shop over there. That's now I guess a museum. Well, did you know the story that Thomas Edison brought a note home from the teacher one day? And if you don't know it, you ought to know it. And the note came home from the teacher. And Thomas said, Mom, here's a note from the teacher. And his mom opened the note and he said, what does it say? She said, it says, Thomas, that you are a genius and that therefore this school's not able to help you anymore because you're too smart. And they said that I'll have to teach you at home. So his mom taught him his math and taught him his reading and taught him his spelling, taught him his English and taught him 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 for years. And he grew up to be who he is. One day long after his mom was dead, he was emptying out some old drawers. In the corner of that drawer, he saw the note and looked at it and recognized it was the note decades before that he had brought home from school and given to his mother, but he had never read it. And he opened the note and the note said, Dear Mrs. Edison, your son Thomas is mentally retarded. And he will never be able to do the work in school. Please do not send him back to school. Whatever you can teach him at home, we hope you good luck. But she read the note from God's view of little Tommy. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But wherever you're at tonight, you got to get this. That God wants to bless you. There is an inherent resistance to being blessed. It's mysterious that people are hesitant to be blessed. They've established their place and they're in it. Kind of like Brother Parker was talking about before he met Hope Corps. And he was, I love that story. And he was, Hope Corps a disruptor of complacency. And he said, he was complacent, he was there, he was faithful to God, he went to church, and he had a job, and he was doing all right. But a world opened up to him, a blessing that he knew nothing about. And when that world opened up, it it gave to him and Sister Parker a world that they had never known before. And now here they are doing the great work of God and seeing miracles take place in their life and experiencing things they had never experienced before. And so, So, okay, so I I have to use personal example because otherwise you you don't believe it. So here I am. I got no money. I'm driving to the Bible school to be executive vice president 45 miles away every day in a little car that's, I can't even remember the name of one of those little Chevys that used to be a piece of junk, but that's all I had. And um, I had that, and I had a 59 GMC pickup, didn't have any grill in it. Brakes was going out. The bed was rotted out of it. The windshield was broken and had a rainbow on the back window, whatever that means. I guess people love Noah and the flood. In fact, I went to San Francisco the other day and I told my wife, this is great. This is the loving Noah and the Bible week. It must be Bible week in San Francisco. They've got these rainbows everywhere. Celebrate Noah and the ark. I love it. Isn't this beautiful? In San Francisco, would you believe it? That they're celebrating Noah and the ark. What a beautiful thing. Must be a revival going on over there. So here I am in Sacramento. How how are we going to do this? I said, okay, here we go. So I talked to banker into the loan us money. We saved some money. We started building. It was a hundred thousand square foot building. It was really big. <laughs> we were only running about oh, I don't know, two fifty, maybe three hundred at the time. But we, we were we were looking We saw, we felt like we saw what God saw. And so to get there, we had to take these risks. I was young, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. And, And so we started in. You never saw so many naysayers. You never saw so many that said it'll never happen. So we thought if we're going to build this building we're not going to build a tin building they're cheaper it's 20% cheaper to build a tin building than it is a tilt-up building so we're going to build the tilt-up building because we're building we're building the temple of God we're building God's house we're not building my house I can build a tin house but this is God's house we're going to build this thing so it's a monument in this city and they see it forever and they say I don't know who those people are but I'll tell you what they built one more building and that is what they say. And we started building it. And we run out of money. And we didn't have enough money to finish it. Listen. Dave Ramsey would have had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Dave Ramsey would have said, that those people are doing everything wrong. I maxed every credit card I had and got more credit cards if I could get them so I could max them. I maxed... Uh, Brother Young maxed all his credit cards. We didn't ask the secretaries to max theirs, but they all maxed their credit cards. Couple of assistant pastors, they maxed all their credit cards. If we go down brother, we going down together. Don't you go home and max them all going down there to that ice cream shop and other places. There was no other way for us to get there. It was do or die. When we got to the end of the, one of the people we was doing the deal with, I, I still had a, a, a house left that I felt like I'm obligated to take care of my wife. So we sold our house earlier, but this is a, another one. And and so the the guy said on this loan that we just approved for you and that you've already got the money for, you have to sign this, that this that you'll be obligated to this loan, and that you'll pay this loan. If you can't pay it, we can come take your cars. And if you can't pay it, we can come take your clothes. And if we come can't pay it, we can come take your underwear. And if we can't, you can't pay it, we come take everything. And we will come take your house and we will come take your furniture. When it got to the house and furniture, I said, I, I don't believe I'm gonna sign that. I'll never forget it. The loan officer said, Well, yeah, you're gonna sign it. We're already give you the money. I said, I, I'm not gonna sign that. I said, I've signed enough. He said, no, you're going to sign it. It's legal. I said, look, I'm not signing it. Do you understand? He said, I'm turning this into our lawyer right now. I said, turn it into him. I hope you got a hundred of them. Turn it into every one of them. I said, but I'm not signing that. I'm not signing it because I pay my bills. And I don't need you to try to put that on me and I'm not doing it and he went berserk and it's like a squirrel ran up his leg he went berserk <laughs> he went nuts when he got all through I said are you through he said no 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 I'm not through with you I said that's all right sick em. Get everybody you can. What are you going to do? Come here and take this building. What are you going to do with it? Nobody wants this building. It's too big. It's too spectacular. There's not a single church in this city that wants this building because they can't fill it up. What are you going to do with it? Now you've got a fifteen million dollar building on your hand, and you got it because you're 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 being intractable and you're being unreasonable and you're trying to put this on me and I'm saying no. So I'm hanging up. Goodbye. Click. So I called my secretary. I said. Get the address of the president of that loan company. These were Christians. Oh, whatever. And I wrote the president and I said, sir. I told him the whole story. I said, this is where we're at, but we're making it. We're making it. In the middle of all of that, see, I mean, I mean, you gotta, you, you, you don't know what you're gonna get into. So in the middle of all that, I needed more money like about $400,000, and so instead of, I had $400,000, but I knew before it was over, I was gonna need $800,000. And so I took the 400 and instead of using it to finish what I could of the building, I went and found another piece of property and bought it for $440,000, $35, whatever it was, and bought it and paid cash for it. And we continued to work on the church the best we could with all of our credit card little picky unish credit cards. We didn't have much credit. And and about ten months later, I had a guy in the church whose brother was a real estate guy, and I called him. I said, Hey, tell your brother if he's willing to list that four hundred and fifty thousand dollar piece of property, if he's willing to list that for ninety days, and if it sells, he's gonna make a good commission. And he called his brother, and his brother was a sinner. And his brother called back. He said, I wouldn't list that property for 90 days. He said, it, "He said I'm not doing it. It's a lot of work to list that property. It's a, And he's not going to sell it in 90 days. And so I'm not doing it. So the guy in our church called me back and said, my brother said he wouldn't do it. I said, fine, I'll get somebody else to do it. And so somebody said, yeah, I'll do it. A real estate agent listed it, and within 90 days we sold it for $850,000. Somebody says, man, Brother Wilson, that was ingenious. Now no, I don't know God or nothing. Ingenious, that's just, you know, desperation, you know. That's just saying, God, you you said, do this. We're we're gonna make it through this. You gotta stay a little happy. You know, you can't just you can't just fall over and lose all your happiness because you've got stuff on you. We finally got the thing finished and the payment was sixty-seven thousand dollars a month. Besides the light bill on a hundred thousand square feet, besides paying staff besides the preacher besides no thousand dollars a month when we moved in but but we had taught the blessing revelation and I said folks we're gonna help, we're going to watch the blessing revelation work we can't sacrifice and do this we're going to do this with blessings And so we're going to get down to business about each of us getting blessed and God blessing us and the pressure's on for us to be blessed. Let's do this. And people begin to find ways. The fireman quit his job and bought a business and turned it into a multimillion dollar business. The boy I told you about this morning got down to business and spent two or $300,000 and put together uh, uh, an auction online platform that nobody else has in America. And that was the start of his business that now has like 36 stores and opened another one this last week. And, And on and on, on and on goes the stories. I could just... Go on, just kids in our church that said we we understand the blessing, Brother Wilson. We're you got to understand, all of our people were just working people, but they understood the blessing. They stepped out. They they there, there's a whole there's a whole lot of Bible behind this. You got to get this to be a great church, and Pastor will be preaching all that and teaching all that to you, I'm sure. But. But it's stuff you haven't heard before, but it's stuff that when you get it, you're gonna say, my God, I get it. 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 And, 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 and blessing begin to roll into people. we never missed a single of those $67,000 payments. We've never missed a single payment since then, which was back in 2007. So now in 14 years, we've never missed a payment. It's not that we're rich. It's not that we knew so much. It's that revelation gives the answer to a church of what to do and to recognize that the way God does his missionary work is to bless his people. So are you blessed? If you're not, don't start condemning yourself and crawling around on the floor, but start saying, okay, God, I'm getting it. Okay, God, I'm getting it. I'm going to figure out that I'll let the blessings of God roll through my life in ways they've never rolled through my life before. So we're going to get the blessing. God's going to help us with this. Can you say amen? And so the laboratory continued to work. So the whole idea is, is that God's gonna bless a minority, which is the church, to serve a majority. And God dealt intensely with Israel because of the intensity of his claim on the whole world. He deals intensively with his people where they come together and they say, okay, God's dealing intently with us about the future of TRC and Fort Myers. And so God's got to deal intensely with me because of the intensity of his compassion and care for the whole world. And he has no way of getting that done except through me and except through you. And so each of us needs to say to ourselves, I personally am responsible for reaching the whole world. When I say that, there's people gonna say the man's crazy, but that's how I've lived my life. God, it is my responsibility personally. I don't care what anybody else in this room does, God, it's my responsibility personally to reach the whole world. Amen. 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 So if I'm going to do it personally, I, I can't do it just with my own bodily strength then I have to find other people that will help me do it. That's called leadership. And then... The best way to get them to help me do it is not to get them to just follow me, but to get them to get the revelation themselves, and then there's a group of us that all have the revelation that I personally am responsible, and I've got the same power as Brother Wilson and Pastor and Bishop and all the rest of them. I just have a different office than they have, but I've got the power to do great things through the kingdom of God for the outreach to the world. Oh, man, I hope you get the blessing deal. Hope you get the blessing deal. Brother Wilson, don't you know that that can destroy people? I do. I know that blessing has destroyed many people. That's part of the risk you run. I also know that poverty and discouragement has destroyed many people. Everything destroys many people. Amen. And I don't intend to be destroyed, but I'd rather be on God's side at least trying at the judgment bar than to get there and say, God, I just shrunk back in my little shell because I was afraid. Amen. We have to face this world and we have to help people of all kinds. we have to be willing to do it. And the leader, I want to say again tonight, you you've got to thank God for your leader. Amen. There's going to be things all the way through where, where the leader has to deal with people in the church. Stay with your leader friend in the church that gets corrected, oh, no, I'm running. and pastor said this, and pastor said that. Hey, look, you're never going to reach the, you're never going to become a great mature body if you get constantly caught up in that kind of stuff. You've got to get past that kind of stuff and follow the leader. And the leader has to deal with stuff in the church. He has to deal with stuff. He can't get around it.